0: Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Jelanić. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The
1: Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Jelanić. And for all of you who really like everything on the fly, and you like, you know, flying by the seat of your pants, you are in the right spot tonight. You have landed on the correct planet because you're with me, and we are talking about. Guess what we're talking about? Well, guess what? I got this title in the last three minutes. That's right. As, as it's coming on, and my producer slash friend. Keisha was like, so what's your title tonight? I was like, hey, this is going to be the title. So the title tonight is, Hey, Jose, is that your DNA? I was inspired by an article, actually, uh, that I saw online today that, whether it's true or not, um, really spoke to me. So I will be talking about DNA and, you know, not just in the obvious ways of how it gets transferred, Uh, via, you know, intercourse and creation of bodies, um, but how other ways, you know, we can have DNA show up in our bodies. Before I jump into this topic, um, I just want to let you guys know a little bit about me. Um, So one of my specialties is that I work with bodies. I had actually posted on Facebook. I said, hey, what would you guys like to hear about on the Pleasure Zone tonight? Um, and then the last hour, I had a whole five comments. Thanks, universe. But <laughs> they were good. Um, Christine McIver, thanks for yours. We just call it the mystery topic. I think you, you're onto that something. So, uh, one of, uh, one of the ladies who is an avid listener of the show, and we'll call you Anna, Shirley cause that's your name on Facebook, but that's not her real name. Um, she she actually had a great idea for me to talk about how to ease the stress of shoulders and such that is built up, and um, yeah, there is a lot of pleasure in body movement, and uh, I may actually have that as a topic. Maybe I'll do an entire hour with you guys doing, uh, walking your bodies through some uh, some of the work I do. Um, I thought that's interesting. I haven't. I haven't actually done it verbally I've done it energetically so I'm wondering how I can do that verbally and energetically with you guys because um, I know I can do it physically hands-on and I know I can do it energetically via distance so I'm wondering what it would be like to talk you guys through that so that could be a lot of fun so that's coming up other topics which really cracked me up were things that I was like, you guys obviously don't listen to my show because some of the other topics were like using sensualness, which is what I talk about all the time. And another one was uh, sexual energy and what that can create in people's lives and bodies. Pretty much talk about that all the time, too. So if you've never listened to my show and you're sending me in some topics, well, right now you're listening to my show. It's so awesome. But if you if this is your first show, thank you for your topics. And have a peek at my other 155-something episodes because a lot of them have to do with sensualness, bodies, sexualness, um, and sexual energy and what that can do for your body. And there's always more to know about it too, right? So I'm sure I can have more topics on that. Though I do like to try and find unique topics for every show, which um, like my lover husband was saying to me tonight... He's like, have you run out of topics? And he's never really asked me that before. And I said, no, no, I think I have one. I think I'm going to talk about DNA and this and that. So I got talking to him about the possibilities of what this show would be like. And I was saying, you know, it's like I must have a lot of your DNA in me um, because, you know, your sperm into my body. And I'll get into more of this topic after um, but he's like, of course you do, but we're all one anyway, so I am you and you are me, so does it really even matter? He's so frack and philosophical that it cracks me up. So thank you, Socrates, for your input. <laughs> and His insights crack me up. Sometimes I just like to call him Socrates for fun. Um, he might not know that I do that. But uh, I also like my friend Donna, who has been on this show, actually. She was one of my first guests over two or three years ago. I can't remember what we talked about. I do remember my pre-interview with her, though, to talk about what we were going to talk about. And Donna was a hoot in our pre-interview. we uh, I think we were both showing off our assets via Skype. And I was like, nice booty, Donna. And she was like, oh, yeah. And I think I showed her my ass because that's what I did. That's if you're going to be on the show, you get to see my butt, possibly. And possibly I get to see yours. And that's just fun, right? If you haven't been on my show and would like to be my guest just so that you can see my butt or possibly I get to see your butt, perfect, awesome, I'm in. So it's not a prerequisite, it's not a have to, but it does occur on occasion. So uh, her topic was how many ways can a girl really enjoy a beard? Yeah, that is pretty, that's pretty Donna, in fact, (laughs) so I really like that idea, it's Pretty funny, and okay, Keisha's going to be on my show. But yes, Keisha and I, we Keisha's been on my show, and or I've been on hers, and maybe we've been on each other's shows. Um, And and uh, you know, I didn't show her my bum, so I don't know. Sorry about that, Keisha. Next time, I will show you my bum because you know that's what friends are for. So for for tonight's topic, we're talking about DNA and. Um lately I have been working a lot with a uh, type of technology called uh, it's actually named the SEE51000 which is actually using scalar wave technology um and it's phenomenal what we can find if you're not familiar with scalar waves there's a lot of information online about it you can One of uh, my favorite videos about a very, very um, succinct information about the work I do is actually by a man named Don Paris, and you can find him on YouTube. Um, That's some of the work I do. Um, It's not the hands-on body work I do, but it is uh, work that I do with with bodies and for health. And um, it's fascinating, you know, all the energetic influences to our bodies and how you know, they impact us, how they are affecting all of these different areas of our lives. And so, you know, DNA, as is, is much as we call it like it, it's a real tangible thing, um, there is also this idea that the DNA is ever changing as well. So, people, for the last probably 15 years, I have been listening to a lot of people talking about 12 strand DNA. So for most of you, for those of you who are not familiar with DNA, it basically looks like a helix, and for the, for the most part, people acknowledge DNA having two strands. Well, in at least the last 20 years, probably prior to that, because I've been hearing about it for 20 years, and I don't think it was new when I was hearing about it, that people have been talking about 12-strand DNA, activating your 12-strand DNA, and now people are taking it one step further further to 13-strand DNA, where there's 12 strands and then one strand that goes down the middle like a pole or a post. So, (laughs) it's fun. I've I've got people waiting for questions in the background. Awesome! So, 12-strand DNA. So, this is all very interesting to me. DNA in itself is very interesting to me in the way that, you know, the information that it contains, uh, the deoxyribonucleic acids. They are amazing. It's amazing the information that we pass on generationally after generation after generation. In homeopathy, um, there is a notion that we have miasms, and miasms are things that we carry on generationally through DNA. This information about miasms has been talked about in homeopathy for over 200 years. Before people even spoke about DNA, The idea of passing things on generationally, and we're not just talking one generation, we're talking multiple generations, inheriting different things from, say, uh, anything from like syphilis, herpes, cancer. There are certain things, there are certain, especially certain viral diseases that affect the DNA that gets transferred on to you know, generations onward, right? So, you know, I love when people say, well, I've never had an STD. I'm like, that's great and all that you think you've never had an STD, but did great-grandpa Joe go out in the field, um, you know, doing it with maybe a slave or maybe some other, you know, maybe did he go out to the tavern and do it with a whore Did your grandmother go and do it with a whore? Like, did somebody have sex with somebody who was carrying an STD? Not, of course, not only whores carry STDs, but definitely the notion back then was that if you were a loose and fancy night woman, you were probably carrying an STD. So, you know, you're looking at times of Jack the Ripper as well. And, you know, he was, when they look at him uh, from a miasmic um kind of relationship to who he is a lot of uh homeopaths have described him as having a syphilitic personality um or that you know and they say that he had syphilis so you know here his brain is liquid he goes mental and he starts doing stuff but that kind of um disease would be carried and transferred on through genetics through the DNA whether you ever present those things in your body or not uh, they are present in part of your makeup so what's interesting to me is this research that I saw on uh Facebook and again, whether the research is accurate or not or if it's one of those really um just interesting uh things somebody chose to write about, what fascinated me about it was the idea that we you know we actually as women they say particularly women uh Women absorb and retain DNA from every man they have sex with. So, well, they say every man they have sex with. It's really every man whose sperm enters their body, whether it's orally or vaginally or anally. If that sperm has been ejected into your body, as they actually use the word ejected, um, pretty high likelihood is that your body and your brain Contain the DNA from that, and I'll tell you guys more about this study um, as well after. So one of one of the things that I had become aware of, I read some books about. I guess about nine or ten years ago, there was a series of books called Anastasia and the Ringing Cedars of Russia, and in this series, the series has uh, it's an eight books well it's, it's an eight part series, but there's actually nine books in it. Um, part eight has well, part 8 1 and Part 8 2. So there's two parts to book 8. Um, and I can't remember which book it was. I did read the entire series. A fascinating series. Um, and in the series, she actually speaks to the idea that if a um they, they were trying to genetically mutate a donkey and a, um, sorry, a horse and a zebra. I can't remember what they were trying to create, but they were trying to create this animal that was a cross between a horse and a zebra. Or for to see if um you know a horse could carry the fetus of a zebra or something so in uh, in their research, the first time it didn't it didn't take but then the next time they you know whether it was the zebra or the horse i can't remember was injected with um or anyway it fertilized the sperm of its of its own um breed, say it was a horse and then it fertilized horse sperm, um where it was prior to that you know injected with zebra sperm. What they did show was that there were markings and there was like a, a remarkable resemblance to a zebra. There were these there were these changes that occurred in the DNA of the animal. So um you know if you want to look up scientific studies on that, go for it. Uh, when I read that information, there was a truth that rang true for me. So, yes, I don't always require having to do the research. There sometimes there's just like, yeah, something about that rings true. But go feel free to check it out if you need more information on that. So that really fascinated me because I did read that years ago. So I had this awareness that, yes, sperm does stay in your body and it does actually contribute to the creation of all your offspring. Um, You know, just because that's a horse and a zebra, uh, you know, that's just one example. And if that occurs with their DNA, uh, is it possible that it would occur with human DNA? So fascinating to me. Um, And the energetics of all of that and what we're carrying with that as well is very interesting. So we will actually uh, talk more about, hey, Jose, is that your DNA when we come back from this commercial break?
0: to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
2: How long have you been waiting to uncloak your magic? A-N-S-I-L-L-I-T-O
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. I'm your host Melitza Yelenich, and tonight we are talking DNA. You know, so there there's lots of talk about DNA around, especially in the spiritual communities, and talking about how DNA is shifting from two strand to twelve strand to thirteen strand, and what else is possible. Uh, I know there had been research actually done by scientists in Germany uh, about 20 years ago. Um, I remember where I was working at the time, so it was like 17, 16, 17 years ago um, at least, and they had been talking about finding bodies that had uh, 12 strands of DNA in them. So can we all have that? That's what I'm wondering. Can we actually, if we can change our DNA from 2 strand to 12 strand, can we also change um, this whole notion that, and it's not just a no. I say it's a notion because uh, if we make it a fact, we can't change it. So for now, it's information we have, and can we change it? Um One of my friends in the chat room was asking, can we have sex more with another person and push the other buggers out? It's a great question, right? So can we actually have more DNA going into our body from somebody else that overrides that, Um and can we change it? Can we just change, the, can we ask to change that? Can we, um, you know, can we... With our knowing, can we actually do that? You know how powerful are we? We're not using ninety percent of our brain capacity right if we're if we're more like uh the woman from the movie Lucy, and we tapped into that ninety percent of our brain that we're not using, how much could we change? You know I hope that the DNA from all the men I've ever had sex with or had sperm in my body from uh is not taking up that ninety percent of my space in my brain and occupying it and you know, filling it with nonsense instead of allowing me to tap into my brain capacity. That would just freaking suck. So, so okay, I want to actually give you guys a bit of information from the study. So, the title is Women Absorb and Retain DNA from Every Man They Have Sex With. And according to this new study the from the University of Seattle and the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center, uh, Cancer Research Center, the study which discovered the startling information by accident was originally trying to determine if women who have been pregnant with a son might be more predisposed to certain neurological diseases that occur more frequently in males. But as the scientists picked apart the female brain... During autopsies, by the way, the study began to veer wildly off course. And as it turns out, the female brain is even more mysterious than we previously thought. The study found that female brains often harbor male microchimerism, or in other words, the presence of male DNA that originated from another individual and are genetically distinct from the cells that make up the rest of the woman. Now, according to this study, 63% of females ages 37 to 59 tested, harbored male microchimerisms in the brain. Male microchimerism was present in multiple brain regions. So 63% of women carry male DNA cells that live in their brains. Obviously, the researchers wanted to know where the male DNA cells came from. So they kind of did this. They did this test, right? Through the study, the researchers assumed that the most likely answer was that all male DNA found living in the female brain came from a male pregnancy. That was the safe, politically correct assumption. But these researchers were living in denial. Because when they autopsied the brains of women who had never been pregnant, let alone with a male child, they still found male DNA cells prevalent in the female brain. At this point, the scientists didn't know what the hell was going on. So, you know, they buried this information in numerous sub-studies and blah, blah, blah. And then the one thing that gives the game away was that they explained exactly where the DNA cells came from was they were afraid of this. They were very afraid that the conclusion might be So they had a few conclusions. Male microchimerism was not infrequent in women without sons. Beside known pregnancies, other possible sources of male microchimerisms include unrecognized spontaneous abortion, like you didn't know you had an abortion. Um, I think you have to be pretty knocked out to not know that's going on. A vanished male twin. Had one, and then he disappeared, never even had an awareness of it. An older brother transferred by the maternal circulation, so you and have had a brother, I have an older brother, and so his DNA might have passed on to me interesting Um so they're all interesting ideas, right? so is that or their very last idea was sexual intercourse interesting, right. Male microchimerism was significantly more frequent and levels were higher in women with induced abortion than in women with other pregnancy histories. Further studies are needed to determine specific origins of male microchimerism in women. So according to the scientists, the possible sources of the male DNA cells are, one, an abortion the woman didn't know about, which, yes, could be what we would call a miscarriage, I would think. I don't know why they're saying that it has to be an abortion. Interesting, yeah. So I guess some people's bodies, even when they've had um, miscarriages, might appear to have abortions. That's possible. Though I would think the reaction to what goes on with an abortion and the way that they have to pull the body out would uh, would be a different reaction than the miscarriage that just lets the baby slough out. But who knows? So there you go. Yeah, the body does abort it. It's just different when it's pulled out or have to, yeah, we won't get into the whole discussion on abortion. We did do a show on it, though, a couple of years ago with Melanie Clampett. She was the guest, and it was actually one of the most, it was a fascinating show about abortion. So check that out. So, so, the other point would be a male twin that vanished, an older brother transferred by the maternal circulation, or sexual intercourse. So, considering that 63% of women have male DNA cells residing in the recesses of their brain, which do you think is the most likely? The first three options, abortion a woman didn't know about, a male twin vanished, or an older brother transferred from maternal circulation, you know, with a 63% um showing this male DNA cell, you got to go with the one that's the most likely. So the most likely would be the fourth answer, sex. Sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse, right? So this has very important ramifications for women. Every male you absorb spermatozoa, that be sperm, that become, guys, from, from anyone becomes a living part of you and your, for your life for your whole life. So the women autopsied in this study were elderly. Some had been carrying the living male DNA from from uh, from these men they've had sex with for over 50 years. Isn't that insane? So I, I was just like totally fascinated by the fact that, you know, so now I'm thinking back. I'm thinking, okay, so the first time I had... Uh, intercourse. The first time I I ever... Well, the first time I had sort of like sex, I guess you could say, was oral sex. And I gave a guy a blowjob in a car because I was 17 and horny. And not that I had to justify it. That's just what I chose. And so I'm thinking, okay, cool. So his DNA. Then I think, next. Who is now? Oh, that person's DNA. Interesting. And so today my mind has been kind of going, hmm, and that DNA, and that DNA, and that DNA. And so I'm kind of like, hmm. So it was funny because I, I said this, um, I was talking to my mom, and uh, my daughter overheard this conversation. Oh, yes, my daughter overhears sexual conversations. I'm an awful parent. And so I was telling, talking to my mom about this study, and... And uh, Ziva's like, hey, what does that mean? I said, well, sperm is the boy parts, like the boy parts we got from your biological dad for you. Um, those are the boy parts. And so, but all of that isn't who you are, because according to this study, you're like all my ex-boyfriends. And she's like, what? I said, yeah, your daddy wasn't the first person. Your daddy slash sperm donor wasn't the first person I ever had sex with. And she was like, oh, and then she just went off to dancing because that was about that was about all the information required for that moment. <laughs> so so um yes, so exactly. So yes, Keisha, that's exactly what I wrote on Facebook. So Keisha said, No wonder it can be so challenging to forget them. Right. And that's what I wrote on Facebook. If you're wondering why so-and-so still in your head, maybe you got their DNA literally in your brain. Can't get them off your mind maybe they're literally got their dna implanted in your brain. So what can we do to change that? Holy cow, that's wild. So what if dna is actually an implant? What if sperm is an implant? Oh, well that's interesting. Well, holy fracknats. I don't know about you guys, but that just kind of went what the hell in my world. So if sperm is an implant and it's been You've had this implant going into your body with all the points of view of all your lovers that you've ever had, and their sperm is carrying that information going into your body, implanting into your brain, staying there for your entire life. What the fuck? Okay, everything that brings up and lets down, let's destroy it and create it all. That's mental. Right, wrong, good, bad, pock, bottle, nice, boys beyond. That is weird. And it feels sort of strangely, sort of in line and um, possible, right? Uh, just my interesting awareness and maybe my point of view, but I think it's an awareness today, kids. So, yeah, so all the information that the DNA holds, which is emotions, genetic information, all of that is now being stuck in your body in your brains now they didn't do any studies on males for autopsies to see if like the epithelial cells of women's vaginas or well, I mean they could do the same test on on gay men and see like that's what I like to see. I'd like to see a comparative study to see if if it's only women's brains or if it's gay men also have the sperm of other men. In their brains that are separate from their DNA um and you know is it how does that work like do women who have never had sex with men have that DNA present like i think they need to be a, there needs to be a more of a diverse study done on women who have have only been with women in this lifetime to see if they carry any of that um male DNA and also, I think they need to do the study on men with men to see if any of that exists in their brains. Or is it specifically something to do with women's brains and and then, you know, somehow we're getting punished for having heterosexual sex? Fuck! Uh, or do we also, you know, if we've had intercourse with women as women, then do we carry the epithelial cells into our bodies and does that get somehow transferred into our DNA, like merging DNA? Uh, Fascinating. I'm not sure. So, I wonder if they're going to do any studies on that. Keisha was right in my brain on that. Thanks, Keisha. I think you were typing it as I was asking about the men and the men. And do the men carry anything? Yeah. So, very funny. So, I would like to actually see what they find out about that. So uh, I get that women's bodies are different in the way that we will, when we are producing babies, we, our bodies take in the DNA from the sperm and they use our DNA, they combine it and they create a completely separate DNA. Uh, freaking brilliant blenders that we are, that we just create these completely new configurations. It's just amazing what our bodies can do. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm kind of in a beyond right now on the whole idea that what about men and what about other situations? So I'm very curious about that. And I'd love to hear what you guys have, you know, what are your thoughts on that? If you are listening in and you'd like to um, ring up and chat about it, if you are, if you are listening in and would like to write about it, join us in the chat room. Uh, via online you can do that and you can write in or call in Um, i'd love to hear your opinions on this because it's it's an interesting topic to me so we're actually going to head to break and when we come back we're going to talk more about hey jose is that your dna on the pleasure zone after this break?
0: to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the pleasure zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
2: How long have you been waiting to uncloak your magic? A-N-S-I-L-L-I-T-O
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Jelenic, and tonight's topic is, hey, Jose, is that your DNA? am talking about DNA on this show. Um, For those of you who are new to DNA, or you've never, you know, you might be young, you might actually be like 14 and listening to this show. Um, You know, we all have DNA, uh, as far as we know. <laughs> and that's what we know now with science and what else is possible. And what scientists tell us is, what science, what common science tells us is that we have two-strand DNA. What other science tells us that is more hidden um, or maybe not so widespread is that we have a possibility of 12 and 13-strand DNA. So, yes, you might think I'm crazy and cool. Think it. Whatever you like. Think away. So... So we're talking about DNA and we're talking about how DNA gets transferred from one body to another body. So DNA, uh, you know, in the most traditional sense of passing on DNA is through uh, the creation of a fetus. So creating this baby, creating this being through sperm and egg. You got the DNA in the egg, you got the DNA in the sperm, they collide, they create a new DNA DNA. And what we're talking about tonight is also DNA found in bodies that is not um DNA that's uh that's actually connected to any of the person's original genetic code. So if they if it was, it would be like finding maybe your which they wouldn't do, like finding your father's um you know DNA somewhere floating in your brain. Um however, that's not What they're talking about, because your father's DNA actually collided with your mother's DNA and created your DNA. So you have a separate DNA, and so they're finding in women that there are male, um, there's male DNA in their brains, which it's funny because my mom and I, who we've been working with radionics machines for over ten years, and we were finding the funniest uh, anomalies in women it was like why does the woman have this energy that's actually only for men um and we kept finding that and we kept for the lives of us we were like we and then we read the Anastasia books and we're like oh interesting okay so we're not fracking crazy it's quite possible that we are absorbing this um on a on a cellular level we're bringing it into our bodies and using it almost like food uh food for thought because it goes to our brain so sperm itself is alive right you know that like sperm goes in the body it's alive it it can stay alive for numerous hours actually so it is living cells and when it is injected into you whether it's injected we're just going to call it injected projected ejaculated into your body um it swims and swims until it crashes into something you know when it's going into uh when sperm is injected into your vagina it's going to go 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 it's going to go whoa i found a cervix awesome it's going to travel it's going to find things um it's going to crash into walls it's going to find its way through stuff um same goes for when it heads into your mouth it's it's designed to go and find the egg it's going to find something that it can connect with that it can reproduce with that's its job it's it's got a mission and you can just imagine it's like little tiny submarines swimming around and they're on a mission and their mission is to go find that egg and that's what they're designed to do so when the sperm is going into the anus or it's going into the mouth, it's it's going to swim. It's going to swim and swim and swim until it finds what it's looking for or die trying, right? So in the process, it's going to go into things. Like it'll hit into, uh, for example, it'll swim into like your flesh, right? So if it's going in your mouth, um, it's going to swim up and climb into your nasal passages, your inner ear. It's going to climb behind your eyes, and then it digs in and it enters your bloodstream and collects in your brain and spine so if you thought that your ex was a pain in the neck you could be fracking right he could be sitting right there in your freaking neck as dna so everything that brings up and every everywhere you went holy mother of god that's what the hell that is cool let's just have the awareness So key things to changing anything is becoming the willingness to change it, becoming aware of it, what it is, you know, becoming aware of what it is, willingness to change it, and then choice. So choice, are you choosing to allow that DNA affect you mentally, emotionally, physically? Cool, let it go. You know, it could be the DNA from your ancestors that are all collectively in you, like we were talking about at the start of the show with miasms. Um, and in homeopathy, we talk about that a lot. how the miasms are a major contributing factor to your personality um, so and then we've got this extra DNA that's coming in from all your sexual encounters. awesome, so now we've got so now we've got this soup basically we've got this massive soupy stew of all this DNA that's coming from all these other sources and places unless you have been a fresh virgin your whole life, and congratulations for pulling that off. You have way more self-control and willpower than I have. Um, I'm just thinking about all the sperm floating around my brain, and it's a lot. And that's um, all I'm going to say is it's more than one. So, and less than 50, which is good to know. More than one, less than 50. All right, cool. And how that affects our bodies and our brains and you know, you're always on my mind. Why? Why am I always on your mind? Because I've got your DNA in my brain. It's crazy. It's crazy, I tell you. So, one of the things that they say in this article is that you can't change it. It becomes part of you, and you can't get. You can't. Nothing. I'm not a fan of limitations. I'm not a fan of that at all. And I'm curious. What can we do to change it? Is it changeable? So maybe, so truth is changeable. I'm really excited, actually, to check machines and see anything funky going on there, see what I can do to change any of it. Really, and, and I have been uh, changing it for years. And always knew there was something going on in the dna level I'm not really quite sure what i was reading there because there wasn't a lot of information about that in there so very intriguing i'm very intrigued um and really curious to see how how many um how many of you out there as listeners are having, like, aha moments, you know, as you're listening to this. And some of you might be going, that's a crock a crock. crock." Um, Like, Mike was saying, well, I I said, well, and I described it to him. I was like, and then the sperm burrows in, and it climbs into your nose, and it climbs into your, the, gets into your bloodstream, enters your spine, goes into your brain. And that's when Mike was like, well, we're all one anyway. I'm like, oh, my God, he's such a philosopher. So... (laughs) So, um, and he was also like, I don't think it burrows. I think it just swims. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it burrows, love. I'm pretty sure it digs its way in And because when the sperm, uh, when the egg kind of comes down and latches on to the lining and the, the sperm has to burrow into the egg, it has to get in there. So it has an instinct of burrowing. So I'd say that it burrows, but he doesn't even want to think about that because that's just crazy talk. So, no, my husband doesn't talk like a hick. He's actually very educated and very smart. I just like to make him sound like we're from the backwoods of Alabama because it cracks me up. So so I think uh, I think, you know, it really gave me like an eye-opener. And I was, as I was looking at my daughter, and at the same time, I'm going, thank you, Jeebus. She's not just from her father. I'm thinking, oh, I had some pretty sweet, um, sweet men in my life, actually. Some really intelligent lovers, like highly intellectual people, funny, caring, artistic. Like, I've chosen some pretty cool men to have sex with in my past, if you are, if you are listening to this show and you were one of them, thank you. Thanks for being in my life, and thank you for contributing to Ziva's DNA, whether you knew it or not. So it's cool. Um, I like that. Just gave me like a sigh of relief, and it was just a good reminder. Even though I had read it in this uh, book series ten years ago, um, it kind of like got pushed to the back of my mind. Um, until I read this article and had this conversation with my mom. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, remember? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember. We do know this. I said, I knew I knew this, but I didn't know where I knew it from. Um, and maybe I knew it from knowing it. Maybe it's just a knowing I have. So that's pretty cool. And so for those of you too, uh, talk about knowing, I've actually got a class coming up called Becoming fluent in energy. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about when I talk about energy, all of us, it's our first language. Um, And so if you'd like to become more fluent in energy, private message me. You can private message me on Facebook. You can send me messages, I think, through the station as well, um, or uh, find my website there on the station and connect with me through that. So that's um, So on Facebook, you just look me up under Milica Jelinek. You'll see my face. The banner has the Pleasure Zone banner at the top. So you'll find that there. You'll know that's me because there's a number of Milica Jelineks on Facebook. M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C. Awesome. Go find me. Uh, And I'm very excited about becoming fluent in energy because I do get that so many of us, it's a language that we moved away from. It's like if we were all speaking Latin, um, in you know the Catholic Church still, like they used to 50 years ago, people would still have some Latin under their belt. It's becoming a lost language. Just like energy, it's almost becoming a lost language. And then when this language shows up in our lives, we don't know how to utilize it. We don't know what we're hearing. We don't know what we're communicating with. We don't even know how to translate it. So, I actually have some really cool tools for that and some really cool ideas on how to facilitate that. Um, And it's really come to my awareness and attention that this is super required. It's a super required class right now on the planet. So whether you choose it or not is cool. It's your choice. And if you get that, it's like, holy crap, I'd really like to choose it. We're starting uh, Thursday, September 21st, 7 p.m., Eastern standard time so private message me so i can get you the links and get you the um the links to sign up and for payment um it's it's something that's really speaking loudly to me and i'm very um interested to see what shows up and how the class evolves so yeah so the energy like everything contains energy our dna contains energy sperm contain energy so now we've got the sperm, the energetic uh frequencies that come from it. they're all in our bodies, in our brains excellent um uh, you know if if this isn't the biggest testament to um Gary Douglas and Dane Hare um you know, I love a lot of people's work, and they just have such simple tools that work that work for me. Um, So one of the things that they say all the time is, who does that belong to? Is that even yours? Is it somebody else's or is it something else's? Um, And it's so funny because, like, heck, man, if you've got the sperm of somebody inside your brain and the energy of that sitting in there chatting you up all the time, then what are the chances that that shit that you're dealing with isn't even yours, that those thoughts, feelings, and emotions – you know that could be very, uh, you know, almost proven to not be yours just by the the idea that there is sperm sitting in there from somebody else with the energy of them and their being sitting in your body and brain. Um, and if it's a thought, feeling, and emotion that doesn't go away, and you're like, "Hey, that's got to be mine. It's there and it's not leaving," I wonder if it's actually that. It's a curiosity. I'm actually going to write to. Uh, to Gary and Dane about that and see what they have to say. Not that it matters. I'm kind of aware that it's very possible on that front, but maybe they can contribute to more masses of people if we can change something around that to uh, loosen that up, get it out of our systems, shift it out, have some awareness on that front. So it'd be really, really fun to be able to let that go and and not have the why can't I get Jose out of my brain? I've actually, I don't think I've ever had a lover named Jose. I have to think about that for a second. Oh, I might have. Oh, okay, yep, just had a thought. I did travel to Central America in my 20s once, and that might have, yeah, there might have been a Jose. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was. So, hmm, maybe that's why that came up. He was on my mind. There you go. But he wasn't until now, till I thought about, was there Jose? Oh, boy. What a night. What a night of thoughts. And, uh, yeah, speaking of, of thoughts, right, I was talking to you guys about the class, so I'd love you guys to join that. If you are finding that, you know, you're just you're dealing with a lot, last week was um, Suicide Prevention Week, right? And how many people have those thoughts running through their head, they want to kill themselves, they want to kill themselves, blah, blah, blah. I wonder whose DNA that is talking to you, too. Oh, It's like so many things that I think might actually be, we, what if we could actually change all of that? How much could we change for on so many levels for so many people? If you have the suicidal thoughts of your exes going on in your head because their sperm is sitting in there contributing energetically, physiologically, and now it's implanted in your brain... Um, Wow. What a thought. So again, whether that article was true or a hoax or whatever, it certainly did spark a thought and a question for me is like, I, you know, we are, we're always asking, um, or those of us in consciousness are asking to always have more communion with everything. And that is kind of like the sense of merging with things. And so we would be merging DNA as well and merging um, our energies in a way right become being distinct and at the same time being everything what a concept it's huge it's a huge concept and so how much are we picking up uh all of that from all our past lovers uh, and then the miasms from the generations before on all those dna levels it's kind of mind-boggling when you think about it so yeah if, for those of you who are hoping for some super sexy talk tonight, I apologize. I didn't get down and dirty and I I didn't go overly controversial except for I seem to not even know when I'm being controversial because I'm just talking, saying what's on my mind. But apparently I'm highly controversial and can always bring up something that's going to get somebody on edge. And I congratulate myself for that because if you're willing to spend energy and time on getting frustrated with me, you are doing good work, excellent. And there's a lot out there. I know that there's quite a few people who get frustrated with my thoughts, and that's cool. And I congratulate you for having the patience to even listen to my shows, even if they frustrate you. So cool, awesome. Maybe it'll change something for you. Maybe it'll change something for me. Maybe it'll change something on the planet. Even the willingness to hear another point of view can change something on the planet. I was willing to read that article that had... Uh, a point of view that I forgot that I was aware of, um, which sparked this conversation that I wouldn't have otherwise had, right? So always looking at different por- points of view, perspectives, and information, proven or unproven, they're just fascinating to me and to see what reads for me as true. Um, and if you really don't understand what that means when I say what reads for me as true or what is true to me, um, doesn't always have to mean what's true to you. And what what works for you and what works for me can be totally different. Um, honoring what's true for you is really what I'm interested in. And me honoring what's true for me is what I'm interested in. I'd like us to all honor what's true for ourselves. And if, if you don't know how and you don't know what that is, again, you can contact me. You can join the class, Becoming Fluent in Energy, where we're going to play with so much of that. Um, and I wonder if all this DNA stuff has come up just days before this Becoming Fluent in Energy class is coming up, just so maybe we can be really clear on what we are um, communicating, what's going on in our minds, what is ours, um, and what we can do to change any of the stuff that's really, truly not ours. Ah, so, so, so interesting. So, um, for those of you who are... uh, You know, enjoying my shows, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any topics that I haven't talked about, I know I mentioned at the beginning of the show a few people sent me some ideas on Facebook. I love hearing ideas, so please feel free to write to me if you have something that you think might be a strange or interesting or even controversial topic that you would like to uh, hear maybe some information on. I'd love to to, uh, hear from you because it's always fun to you know hear from the listeners what they'd like to hear about so I appreciate any and all feedback, even if you don't like me. That's cool. I'm grateful that you're listening, and I'm grateful that you're willing to listen enough to actually get what you don't agree with, which is cool. So um, thank you for your contributions, each and every one of you, for listening today. I look forward to having you all on the show next week. I don't know the title yet. I hope I come up with it more than three minutes before the show, though, next week. So it'll be posted soon. Have a great week.